0: Hello and welcome to the Diabetes Dugout with Brighty and PG brought to you by the Diabetes Football Community. This is your regular dose of all things football and diabetes as we bring you the stories of those affected by the condition who have a love of the sport. Everything we share and talk about on this podcast is from personal experience and if you have any concerns about the management of your condition you should always check in with a healthcare professional. Now with all that said let's crack on with the episode.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Diabetes Dugout. Joining me today, the man who has been christened the Pride of Redditch, it's Mr. Chris Bright. Brighty, shaking your head at me, how
0: are you? (laughs) You do me with these introductions every single time, mate, absolutely every single time. However, I think that's the job of a co-host, isn't it? I think that's the job, isn't it, to come in there and absolutely stitch your your mate up. I love it.
1: That's what you've got on your business card. How are we anyway?
0: All good, mate. All good. Yourself? It's, uh, re- recovering still.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, COVID got me bad. It did, mate. It it's, did. Uh, Didn't get me good either. So um, I know a little bit of how you felt, but I know you you were really struggling. So yeah, how, how well, bad was it? How well,
1: mean? I'm nearly at the side. So, I had, so we, we all got it in the family. So my, my oldest got it on the Tuesday, my wife and the youngest on the Wednesday. And then I am. Um, I battled through until the Saturday morning, but yeah, it was, it it was not good. I was, I think it was day 12 before I'd had a negative test um, and just absolutely struggling. I think, I think it was day 11 before I'd not had a sort of two or three hours sleep during the day, Um, but everything was really, so it was the the right hand side of my face. So my ear was, felt completely blocked. Um, My nose, Back of my throat, really bizarre, just on the right hand side, um, and headache above my right eye. So it was absolutely crazy, and I was dosing up on the paracetamol, ibuprofen. I think I've kept my local pharmacy alive for another six months. The amount I've bought from
0: them. You've been funding them via uh, yeah. COVID. You've been funding them. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, but still, uh, yeah, still struggling. It's yes. maybe three weeks in.
0: Wow. Um day nine after testing positive um and it's been not great i mean the first few days isn't isn't brilliant or it wasn't brilliant for me anyway covid but um i think there was an upward sort of trajectory after the first two or three days but it's been slow slower than i Mm. thought it was going to be the the recovery does just seem to take a little bit of time with covid but um i don't know whether that's diabetes related whether that's just who it picks it wants to you know uh have a greater impact on than others but it does seem to just have a bit of a mind of its own so did did um, it impact your blood
1: sugars at all
0: no didn't even in fact to be honest john i was more controlled during covid than i'd been without it because (laughs) i don't know yeah because um i because it was An opportunity for me to not have too many variables because I was stuck at home because I was just doing the same thing day in day out I actually didn't have too many variables in there so it it made it a little easier to control so weirdly enough I actually had like timing range of about like 85 86 percent so that was better than my week before which was like at 76 or something so it was yeah it was weird mate it was weird uh, in terms of the levels they were pretty much spot on and that's not what most people experience so yeah. i was quite i was quite glad of that because it didn't throw in that complication of trying to manage diabetes going haywire as well as having not felt great through covid as well but i understand your levels weren't quite as kind to uh, you as that well was
1: it like for the first couple of days they were pretty much like you said you're you're going sort of flat line a little bit to eat and you're you're going up a bit and then back down and I thought, Oh, brilliant. This is, this is great. Cause you, you heard stories of people and their their blood sugar shooting up and dropping. Um, and then I think it was sort of day three. That's when I really noticed. And I, I was just on a, a permanent temporary, um, basal rate of, I think it was an extra 25, 30% for all day, every day. Um, I think it was only a couple of days ago that I, I stopped doing that. But I think it's a, For me, it was a combination of um, the, of being ill and and having a virus in the body, but also being inactive. Um, Normally, I was looking at the the number of steps I was doing and I was, I normally hit 12,000, 15,000 a day easily. And all of a sudden I'm looking at the end of the day and I'm on two and a half thousand, not realizing it's possible to do that many around your house
0: wow so yeah the, a massive impact probably had a big impact on the the kind of insulin sensitivity yeah. as well over a period of time you know with the lack of movement um you know insulin sensitivity is impacted by that so yeah you probably just started needing more insulin your levels just naturally creeping up because the same doses weren't having the same effect so yeah no it's uh it's interesting mate isn't it it's um it's not uh Definitely not a one-size-fits-all no. proposition managing COVID for us with diabetes. Um, from everything that I've read, as and from my experience, and from your experience, because we chatted over it as well. So, yeah, um, yeah very different. Um, don't know whether it helped um, being a just a couple of years younger, John. I don't know whether that helped. Um, obviously, Help you. Me. Oh, yeah, I was going to yeah, say, yeah. Obviously, obviously, you being those couple of years younger. Um, I don't know whether the age had an impact on anything, but um, yeah, there's a few years apart. So yeah, bit of a challenge, but we seem to be on the right side of it and talking about the right side of it. Uh, hey, Do you see what I did don't, there? Don't, don't did give you away. see what I did there? I didn't give much away, but uh, we're on the right side of it now, John. So do you want to, um, do you want to give us an insight about who we've got? Coming on to the podcast for oh, the show today.
1: I will do. Today, we're joined by a young man who's currently, I say young, yeah, y- young compared to us, Brighty, um, who is currently in the Millwall under 23 squad where he's been since the age of 13. Nine months ago, he was diagnosed with diabetes but refused to let it hold him back. It's future England number one, Joe Wright. <laughs> <laughs>
2: some that. I'll take that. I'll take that. How old <laughs> <ever>, are Yeah. <we? laughs>
0: how did, I was, I was how did so we get on with that on intro joe how did we get on with that intro did you like that oh, did you like my yeah. link there as well did how, how was yeah, that for
2: yeah. you as soon as you said it i was like oh, gold that <laughs> i can see i could see i could see the smile on your face and you said it as well said... <laughs> a bit. <laughs> he,
1: he's yeah. been messaging me that back and forth for the last two weeks I I I'm, gonna do do I'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this
2: yeah <laughs> Chuff so with that, really that was weird. absolutely
0: yeah. chuff with it. Yeah,
2: I could tell. I could tell as soon as you said it, your face lit up. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. But yeah, no, great intro. I mean, if I'm futuring number one, I'll be, I'll be. That, that is the aim. Hopefully, one day I'll get there. And
1: just remember where it was called first. Exactly, exactly.
2: The podcast and the <laughs> that dugout. dug out. That's it. You, it. you heard it here first.
1: <laughs> how are we doing, Jay?
2: Yeah, no, I'm very well. Thank you. Very well. Just getting back to my normal days, working hard, kicking footballs, trying to catch them when I can.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just get get on with it, really. So let's let's start talking a little bit about um about your 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 footballing background. So, um, we said you you, you've been at Millwall uh, since the age of thirteen. What was let's talk about before that? So, what 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 sort of got you into football? What where where were you playing? Yeah, so I started football
2: probably when I was about five or six years old. It was just at like my local team, uh, Glebe. Mum and dad obviously took me down. My brother was playing a few years older than me at the, at the club, so it was it was, it was was obviously it fitted. So we fit, actually, no, I've missed that a bit there. My dad tried to get us to go down the rugby route first.
0: Ooh. but Oh, that's a sore subject, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I... I t- I gave it a go, but it wasn't for me. Ah, you know good I mean? answer.
2: It wasn't for me. Went down the football, when I got I got into it, and I, I really enjoyed it. And I, th- I didn't start off as a goalkeeper. What it was was I started off as an outfielder, and then obviously no one wants to really go and to at a young age. So he was rotating, he was rotating round between me and the two other centre halves. And then one week I went, you know, I'll sort of it, I'll just, I'll do this permanently. And then from there, probably about the age of seven, I've been been in the sticks the whole time. Um, Moved on to Bromley. So I went up to Bromley when I was about 10, 10 or 11. I was there for a few seasons. That was like the next step from up like was to Bromley. That's like the Kent League. So that was like the next progression. And then I always remember my goalkeeper coach saying to me, don't go into the academy system too young. You still want to enjoy your football while you're there. Because obviously, as soon as you go into academy, it's it's a lot more serious and it's not it's not it's no longer like a mess around with your mates. Do you know what I mean? And obviously, you're still enjoying it. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the same as obviously turn up on a Sunday with your mates, you know what I mean? You might all go out after with all the families because there's like a, all the family, friends and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I waited until I was about 13, 14 to move. And then that's when Millwall picked me up um, and I went in and I've
1: never looked back. Brilliant. Yeah. So, so, so you're saying Millwall picked you up. What? Um, how did that come about? So what? It, all it is, is you just,
2: you just. I was playing for Bromley at the time and you get you get a few Cubs interested or whatever and then you, the scouts always looking, especially... I think when you're playing in the Kent League as well, it helps, obviously, because then the scouts are probably trying to pick up players from that league. Um, I had a few clubs interested, and then Millwall, the first one, to approach uh, approach my mum and dad, I think. And then they were like, look, our keeper's injured. We'll sign him right now, um, sort of type of thing. But this was midway through the season, and my dad's like a man of principle, and he was like, look, really appreciate it, but he's going to stay at probably me to the end of the season because we've signed a and we want to do like the right thing, and they were like, right, okay, that's fine. Um, we'll see what happens at the end of the year. So then what happened was at the end of the year they they signed another keeper to fill in for that season. So then, what happened was I then signed at the end of the year as well. But there was me and the other keeper now, and I knew that keeper because we grew up at school together as well. So that was it. Was quite nice. It was bittersweet because obviously now there's two of us trying to fight the same position. Obviously, in goal there's only one position, but I knew him as well. So it sort of was like it wasn't as like probably tense. Do you know what I mean? Um, so went in and then, yeah, that's the sort of way you get picked up, really. It's just the scouts, the scouts everywhere, always watching football games, always. Even whilst you're at a club, there's always still scouts. They're like, even whilst I'm playing for Millwall, there'll still be scouts from other teams watching all our games. Because obviously, every team's always looking for better.
0: Absolutely. And um, sort of from your part of the world then, Joe, obviously you... You've ended up at Millwall. Who who was the team then? Who was your team growing up? Was it was it Millwall that you were a fan of, or is there there's something else? There another team out there for you as well? Yeah, I mean, I
2: probably should say I'm a Millwall fan, but I'll be honest, uh, Peach would be happy with this one. But I've, I've grown up supporting Tottenham.
0: Right. Um, we knew it. We had to get it. We had to sneak it in there, though, that. Joe. But yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah mum's my, my, my from North London, and that old mum's side of the family's Tottenham, so I've been brought up obviously supporting Tottenham yeah big
0: big spurs fan also with our uh let's call him our diabetic idol mr gary Mabbott, being from spurs as well
2: exactly, um,
0: that. exactly that mr peach and myself grown up looking at his example so it's a good team to support joe but however you are far too young to remember what gary did on a football pitch yeah, have you looked I mean, up have you looked him up though uh, you must know that man's oh, impact at tottenham on oh, you you oh. you know don't you
2: as soon as I got diagnosed, that was the first name I heard. It was like, yeah. Oh, it's fine. game another played Tottenham in England with it, and, and it's, I've, it's kind of upsetting they still use it as an example. I'd wish there, I wish there was someone new or like more recent that had it yeah. and had it obviously done, obviously succeed as much as he had. But that was the example they used. Obviously straight away, I was in the hospital and I was googling and looking him up. I'd obviously heard the name, but I wasn't too familiar with it. Looked it up and I was like, oh, okay, this is all right. If he's done this back then, when the technology was nowhere near what it is now, then obviously there's so much more care into everything now. That I'll, I'll be fine. Well, yeah. you,
0: you,
1: you said about your family being Spurs fans. Did, did they were they aware of um, obviously aware of Gary Mabber, but were, were they aware of him being a diabetic and and able to to say oh, like, oh what yeah. man he was?
2: Yeah, yeah. My um my dad straight away he was straight on to me because obviously my dad's a type one as well. So that is probably, that is the link, obviously, how I've got it, I presume. Mm-hmm. Um, so straight away, he was listing off all the sports people with it. Like, he was just trying to, like, read it, give me as many examples as I could, just to keep me as positive as could be. Because obviously, first few days you get it, you're thinking, oh, God, what the hell, what am I in for here? And then obviously, he was just listing off all the different sports people with it. And Gary Maddow was the first one he he did. Mum bought the book straight away, which is a little bit guilty because I haven't read it yet.
0: he knows the booked. book well, very well. I've heard he's read it far too many times.
1: <laughs> my, my, was that my signed copy yeah yeah my yeah. signed copy yeah <laughs> I think that was a present on about my ninth birthday yeah, that's brilliant it's, it's not
2: you with the signed shirt is it oh
0: no the, the one that, that Mo got us yeah uh, we well, got come the group
2: the other day and I was like wow
0: yeah no it's uh, it's uh, kicking around I've actually I've actually got it currently on my my one of my phones with me and Peachy don't know if you can see it in the background there, holding the shirt. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah That's yeah, the yeah. whole background. There's the. Uh, it, it's 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 important. It's symbolic. He's symbolic of, um, what we're all trying to achieve. I think um, a lot of people in football community, always striving for trying to get performance and trying to achieve whilst living with the condition, and and he really showed that. And like you said, Joe, he's still the example that's being used when people are diagnosed in hospitals in 2021. You know, mm. this, this is the sorts of things and the um, the sorts of role models that we're looking up to. Like you said, I, I would love to see somebody else, you know, come through and really showcase it at the highest level, what we can do with our condition. And maybe, Joe, that's going to be you, my friend. Maybe that is oh, you. Good. That's you
2: in a few years' <laughs> time
0: taking the dream. taking yeah. the mantle off Gary Mabbott you'll I mean, be the name could... you'll be the name in all of the hospitals
2: it's hopefully it's a name that hasn't got to be used that much but I would like yeah. to be the new <laughs> yeah.
0: no absolutely well we can, we can but hope but one day that we may not have to live with our condition but until like, yeah. then you keep doing what you do mate and keep inspiring but just on the the spurs thing then so who was the what was the team that you grew up watching what was the the idols that say when you were i don't know just learning to love football who oh. was the who were the players that you were watching and going oh, i love this team or these are the players that are my my favorite Spurs players
2: right so oh, looking back the players you got i remember I remember from starting watching that as I don't know if it's bad, but it's always a stride I seem to remember. I always remember watching Defoe, uh, Crouch, Berbatov, um, Um, Keane.
0: Good Spurs team,
2: this. Modric, Bale. uh, Carrick. I want to say Friedel. Friedel? Uh, Brad Friedlingo. I'm trying to remember if I remember watching him at the time or I remember it from all the YouTube videos I've watched. That's the only crossover bit, but yeah. I remember watching, obviously, all those players and, obviously, obviously, because Led- my family's so passionate about it. Yeah, Ledley King. Aaron Lennon. I watched, remember you, Aaron Lennon down the wing. I was always buzzing watching him, just, I mean, electric pace. It's just something to get excited about, isn't it? That's what you want as a football fan, like a winger that just gets at people and rapid. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're sort of the ones I grew up watching. Um, and, then, yeah, obviously, it's changed completely since then, as it would. But... <laughs> but but yeah, But so arguably it hasn't
0: got any better since then either I'll just throw that out there for both yeah. <laughs> it, it, it did get better it did get better definitely
2: at one point it was looking really promising and then, and then we, we crumbled as uh, as usual and then um, unfortunately it's not looked too bright <laughs> since
0: Spurs being Spurs is now the, uh, the favourite comment of most people Yeah, we know what doing a Spurs is now so that says enough about how they've got on in the last few years
2: yeah, it's, it's, it's hopefully it's so we won't stick to. It. I don't think the Audi Cups is, uh, counts for us winning a trophy. So. Hey, we're still the current holders.
0: They've played it since Peach. They played it for about three years, mate. So, I mean, so therefore I mean, we're
1: still the current holders.
2: The, the only trophy I remember Tottenham lifting was um when we beat Chelsea. What was it? Was it was it the Cup maybe? 2008. Yeah, I was I was but I was at the game, right? And it was me and my brother and my dad. So I'm Tottenham, my brother's Chelsea. And my dad's United. Oh. There's all sorts going on there. And uh, obviously, me being the younger brother and Tottenham winning, my brother threw his toys at the pram. And, and we was in the Chelsea end. So Ooh. long story short, I didn't get to see Tottenham lift the trophy and I was riding on the train home because my brother threw his oh, toys at the pram three no. so I didn't actually get to see him with the trophy, but I was there for the game. Don't remember much of it, but I was there.
0: Oh, mate. But it was... Uh... A moment where you got to see a trophy. Now, I my vague memories are of Aston Villa winning a trophy, but I was tiny. I was like five or six when the last time Villa won a trophy, so
1: it doesn't. Yes. Mean, it,
0: it's hard. It's hard. It's our graph being an Aston Villa fan. It, it is. It's is tough sometimes. However. You know, at least they don't build me up to believe that we're going to win things like Spurs do. They really do build you up at Tottenham. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to win some it. We're going to win some it. And then you just do a Spurs. You do. You do a Spurs.
1: I think the people that build Spurs up aren't the fans. I think, I think <laughs> with, with, we know it's not going to happen. It's-
2: we, we don't believe until we're literally at the last hurdle. And then there's there's part of us that goes, oh, we might actually do this. And as soon as you get that glimmer of hope, it just gets shut down straight away. Whipped away I mean, from you. Yeah, we, that we, that, we, that we. Champions League run we had, I did not believe the whole time until we got to the final. And that was very nice of me because that... was well, We all know what happened there. So. It's the
0: hope that gets you, mate. It's the hope that gets you. Mm. And they, they let you get to the very last moment. I almost built it up so much. To then just strip it away from you with an absolutely (laughs) pathetic performance in the final. (laughs) I I, I think,
1: as a Spurs fan, you could be 3 0 up in injury time in a cup final and still not be confident you're going to win it.
2: Oh, there's, there's, there's zero belief. Until that whistle's gone, I'm on my edge, almost having a heart attack, just panicking, praying that we don't mess up. I mean, even that Champions League run we had, obviously. Even the quarters who almost chucked it away when Eriksen obviously ran back, gave the ball oh. away and they scored off it and obviously VAR saved us. But you, you, you don't ever believe, all the time you're just, you're just sitting there going, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But that's Tottenham. I think I've got
1: used to it now. <laughs> no, that's good. I think um, just just moving on a bit, so changing the subject slightly, just want to talk a little bit about lockdown. So as a, a professional sportsman, lockdown it hits talk us through a little bit um of, of what lockdown was like for you yeah lockdown it was
2: a it, it was a strange one it was a very um no no one really knew what to do did they uh, yeah. so obviously i remember we was we was training i traveled up to forest with the first team to do the warm-up as a number three keeper and that's when covid started coming around everyone was like oh it's actually getting quite serious because i remember their chairman uh, tested positive the same day and we found out after the game and then that was our last game before it, the season was finished and then I remember one day they just sent text in the group that going boys you're off um, we're not too sure for how long and I think originally the plans would be like a few weeks no one really knew the extent it'd go on for us we was like oh okay and I was like look have a couple of weeks just to chill we'll be sending you um, some programs over and what it basically meant was we'd do, uh, like, home gym workouts. So, obviously, for myself, I didn't have a home gym. Obviously, some of the players are blessed and in a lucky position where they have their own gyms, whereas for me, it was uh, pick up, like, a flower pot and do squats with those, just trying to get any weight I could, possibly. Um, so, yeah, we started jumping the Zoom calls every day, doing gym together, and that was sort of the theme. I mean, lucky enough, we, had, we did nice weather when it was. I meant you could go in the garden and do it outside, um so that's what that was and then i'm trying to think how early on we was actually started doing our running and stuff because i think originally you wasn't out at the house at all was you and then they lifted it slightly so you could do a walk or
1: exercise it was, it was like an hour a day wasn't it mm. that you were yeah you that were was, allowed out i for. think that was a
0: couple of weeks in i think yeah. yeah that was about two or three weeks in they went oh yeah you've got an hour where you can go out and walk run or whatever it might have been
2: yeah so, so what happened is obviously started for the gym sessions and then it was like okay and they went right okay. Now you can do obviously the outdoor training. Um, and to start with, obviously, it was just like generic, do a 2k run for the first day, then a 3k, then a the 4k, whatever, 5k. And then obviously me and the other goalie had text each other going, like, oh, we're not cut out for this. Like running's running's not for us, Like We have bit <laughs> shorter. But obviously, the sports scientists had already thought of that, and then they sent us through our programs. And then ours was obviously a bit keeper, more keeper specific. So what it did mean was in the park, I probably looked a bit strange because obviously you've got most people that are just doing laps of the of the park, whatever, running around like most normal people do. And then obviously, I don't know where the other keeper's doing his, but I was doing mine in the middle of the park on the football pitch and I was doing those little shuttle runs and like fast feet round and like diving onto the floor, but with no ball. So it looked really odd.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but,
2: but yeah, so that, that's sort of what my life was for quite a few months really. And I was just like, obviously just every day going to the park, doing the same thing or slight different differences in it. Um, But, yeah, so that's sort of how COVID COVID happened, really. It was just, what can we do? And it was just like, right, okay, there's not much. You're just going to have to keep yourself fit. It was all on Strava, obviously logging everything so no one could cheat. Um, I'm sure no one would, but...
0: uh, (laughs) (laughs) You were on your bike, weren't you, Joe? You were cycling around on your bike. (laughs)
2: What what I noticed was if my numbers were a bit short, the car park, and obviously you go in the car a few times.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> We're joking, obviously. It? For anyone listening yeah, from Joe's Football Club, obviously we are joking. Yeah, wouldn't recommend it. No, definitely not. <laughs> couldn't we couldn't advocate for that? No way.
2: <laughs> yeah, we would take high standards, but um, yeah. But yeah, if you drive slow enough, then you probably can log it as a
1: run as a first <laughs> For anyone wondering. Yeah, uh, you know, there were all sorts of stories, weren't there? About there was. There was about some good people ones. who yeah, like people would put it like they'd put their phone on someone else or mm. they'd um or, or give their watch to someone else. Who who what, there was someone, and I'm sure it was on maybe it was the the Peter Crouch podcast, and, the, and they talked about paying someone to give them. Their watch, so they'd wear it out. Do the run <laughs> <Yeah>. for them. <laughs> Joe, did get you get? Back.
0: Did you manage to get any of the outfield players to sign into your Strava just so they could uh, log log a run for you? <laughs> I wish. I wish.
2: <laughs> I should have really. It was it stupid was of me not to think of to do that earlier. But
0: you had um <laughs> schoolboy.
2: Yeah. yeah, but as as you were saying though, on that on that topic of um the running and stuff, like, did you remember the five k challenge that was going around at the start of lockdown? Yeah, and obviously it was like uh, challenging each other thing. And you was getting some people hitting crazy times, like 14 minutes. And you're thinking like, how are you running 5K in 14 minutes? And it's not quite an ad up here. And you look at the person that's doing it as well. You're thinking, I know you <laughs> don't do exercise. So there's no way you've gone out on a one-time 5K and just ran it at that speed. And what they was doing, obviously, was they'd even be cycling it for one. Or they'd stop and starting and just sprinting from, um, obviously, as far as they could stop it, sprint, stop, sprint, stop. Yeah was it Ross Barkley that had a crazy time like 12 minutes I think and obviously everyone was like how the hell has he done that I'm I'm not going to throw shade here or blame him because I don't actually know the truth behind it I don't know if he did or didn't but (laughs) I think he might have been one of the ones that maybe was stopping starting it while sprinting
0: yes it's it's frightening I mean some of the times you go well that's plausible I mean I think Barkley's was like 16 17 minutes and that's plausible mm. like you can run that and we, like there's a lad in the group the TDFC group that can run mm. in and around that and his times are definitely plausible my time I remember my my best one during that period was like an 1850 or something like that which mm. I was chuffed with mate but yeah. and that was I'd be buzzing with that yeah, no, I was chuffed with it, trust me. But, oh my God, you you just because everyone was competing over it, they were just running and, and just trying to... Because uh, there was nothing else to do. Like you said, there was a yeah. there was a period of time where you, there wasn't sport to play. Um, yeah. Even football, like for you as a professional, you couldn't even do professional football, let alone the recreational or the part-time game or whatever it was. You spent yeah. a period of time where all we could do was actually just run.
2: Yeah, literally. Literally, that's, that's, or do that's, like that's, you
0: said, like weird gym stuff at home. I was doing hit things in the garden, you know, like mm. going on YouTube, finding hit sessions, yeah. body weight hit sessions. I was doing all that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was, it was just, it was just, it was such a strange time. And like looking back on it, it doesn't almost, it doesn't even feel real. Like the fact that it was just stuck indoors, and it was like every day, obviously for, for someone like myself, where my job is purely, I have to go to football to do. do you know what I mean, and I can't yeah. work from home. Like that's not a thing. So. Suddenly it's like every day I've not got a purpose as such to do what I want to do. So it's just mm-hmm. like how do I how do I feel the time? It's like, well, I can do a gym session. That's that's pretty much it. That's anything that's gonna benefit my actual career. Really.
0: And how long were you into being a pro, Joe, when this all happened? Obviously, you're you're not a, you're not an old man now, so you must have been sort of starting, would you have been yeah. just into your sort of first pro deal, a, a year in or yeah. so, two years in yeah, when yeah. lockdown
2: came? So it, yeah, it was it was the first year of my pro contract. Um, so what was it? February, March timing? Yeah, it
0: March yeah, twenty twenty yeah. roughly.
2: Yeah. So obviously, yeah, it was in my first year, and it was like almost you almost feel robbed of a year. I know obviously mm. there's only a few months after the season, but it was like we didn't finish the season. We was actually we won we actually won that league as well. Um, our twenty threes team, we, we won it. So obviously, the season got cut short, and what they done was they worked out on um, average points per game, and that's how they finished off the, the remaining games. So we won that season, but it's like. It would have been nice to finish that because end of the season of the 23s, what happens is there's a northern and a southern league, and the top of uh, the top two from each one they go into a semis and a final, and that's do you know what I mean. That's brilliant. That's these are the, that's what you play football for the competition side of it, and obviously you want to win. It's like we got robbed of that opportunity,
0: and I'm sure they're quite well attended as well, aren't they? I bet you get like decent people to like decent amount of crowds turn up for the, like the semi finals and the finals of the yeah. under twenty three stuff. But that's yeah.
2: Oh yeah, I'd imagine so. Because like, yeah, everyone, everyone knows it's a big game. It's a, it's mm. a cup game. So they know it's going to be a good standard. Everyone wants to win. It's not like a, any other game where it's a friendly or, you know I mean, it's not that. There's it, there's real competitive edge on it. And everyone It's a big game. I remember when I played the FA Youth Cup, um, so the under-18s at that point, and we we played Tottenham. We, I think there was like close to a thousand fans there. Mm. That's for an under-18s game. So for under-23s, I'd imagine it'd be more. um. See, so yeah, obviously, those those experiences that, do you know what I mean, it would have been, would have been great as a first year pro to have been involved in in something like that. But obviously, COVID had other ideas.
0: Yeah, no, no, and uh, hopefully, you get the opportunity, Joe, to do something similar like that in your career. And it might be that your your first opportunity to do that is in senior football. And we'll talk a little bit in a, in a while about you know maybe your opportunities or what your your next uh, steps are or where you want to head to. We're going to just have a, a little, a little break now for a bit of a laugh. That we we do ninety seconds of questions, and you might have heard these uh, previously. Um, but because they've been away for a while, I'm imagining Peachy might have come up with a couple of new ones to throw in there and revamp it. So this could be, uh, this could be quite, quite interesting now. So Peachy, you revamped them or what? What? What you were we you'd thinking?
1: Have, you'd have thought I would have, wouldn't you? Let's wait and
0: see. Let's wait and see. I'm just going to do them in a different order. (laughs) (laughs) See if anyone notices Uh, quality, right? So, I have got the timer ready, I've got it set to 90 seconds.
1: Why 90 seconds, Brighty?
0: Oh, wow! Peachy, it's an innovative title and an innovative part of our podcast. But, guess how many minutes there are in a football match? 90. So Just thought so it would good. line up, didn't we? So just good. It would, just thought we'd just, it's just like the intro, this is, just like the intro. <laughs> That's a, that was
1: a business meeting we had there, wasn't it, coming up uh, with that?
0: Genius, absolute genius. Right, I've got the timer ready. Are you ready with the questions? I'm ready. Right then. In three, two, one, go. Who was your hero growing up?
1: Oh, God, uh, probably De Gea and uh, um, what's your hypo treatment of choice uh, apple juice nice should you have pineapple on a pizza no definitely not Messi or ronaldo Messi. red or brown sauce red tea or coffee coffee favorite food Oh, steak and chips rangers or celtic celtic xbox or playstation playstation definitely uh, my favourite one, Villa or Spurs? Spurs. Uh, That's not a fair question. <laughs> you, you put it in. Oh. Um, are you currently reading a book? No, no, I'm not. Uh, first concert you ever went to?
2: Oh, first concert? I went to the, the, the Summertime Ball, the uh, we Wembley one back when I was probably about 12, maybe 10, 11, 12,
1: around my age. Nice. Do you believe in aliens?
2: I believe we're not the only ones but I don't know how far away they
1: are favorite color orange uh favorite takeaway Chinese what's the first thing you'd do if you won the lottery oh
2: caught one and dad and said I'm just to pay off the mortgage there man
0: nice timer um, go peach are you gonna finish you start so well, you're finish then
1: um millwall winning the league and winning promotion mm-hmm. or england winning the world cup
2: oh i I I am I playing for these teams or is it just in general just Ooh.
1: just oh it's a good question i, um, I at, at the moment end of end right, of watching yeah this guy i think it's
2: got to be England winning the world cup I think just the, the country will celebrate in, a massive win. I, I think the, the whole country would go mental. Uh, I You're think... Right. Do I, 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 you know what I mean? Promotion happens every year. How often are England going to win the World Cup? I think everyone... The, the atmosphere would be a joke. Uh, I think it would be some time to be alive.
1: Can you imagine being there at the final?
2: Oh. <laughs> I just, I don't think you'd be able to put it into words. If, if you was there and you saw England win the World Cup, I just think you'd just be mesmerised by it. I mean, when we lost against um, Kinyi in the, the penalties, it's it, it? I was devastated. I was devastated. And that, that's the way where football, you don't realize how much it can affect your mood. And you think on the flip side of how sad I was, how happy I would have been had we won that game. Um, see so yeah, I I think I've seen them. I think if England won the World Cup, I think that's probably just the, the greatest achievement in terms of football.
1: What are we going 2026? You, you'll be there, oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're waiting for that. But Brighty will be the one behind the goal, chucking abuse
0: at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be yeah, wearing my secret. Be, be wearing my whale shirt behind the goal. <laughs> yeah, shouting <laughs> at you, Joe. I've
2: be getting all sorts of comments, would I. i <laughs> will be running on Nick in my high hypo treatment. <laughs>
0: <sighs> oh, quality. Um <clears throat> Joe. We obviously you come onto our podcast you know where at some point we're going to take the discussion so we wanted to have a, a chat with you now about obviously your diagnosis with the condition so type 1 diabetes is very new to you in your life very new to you um with what you're doing daily routine encompassing it into the life you already had as a professional footballer so What's it been like? And talk us through the the very starting point. Obviously, the the story around diagnosis, how it came about, the symptoms, etc. And then just yeah, give us a bit of an insight about how you've sort of transitioned to your world as being a obviously a professional goalkeeper.
2: Yeah. So, um, yes, yeah, so diagnosis was. I remember I was I went to golf uh, during the day with my mates, put of my football mates, and his godfather, and I was absolutely fine, no problem. I had a big breakfast before I went i had like orange lemonade when afterwards, like got home and I felt absolutely fine. And my girlfriend ordered me um, like a, a big bag of sweets because I remember I was on TikTok and I was going through like on lives and stuff. And I remember like this live came up and it was a guy putting sweets into a bag. I sent it to my girlfriend. I was like, oh, this is cool that you order something. And it, it should, he makes it on the live for you. And then either way, she sent that to me. And then I, um, I remember I picked up about a handful of them and I was eating them. And about half an hour later, I was just non-stop going to the toilet, and I was like, "What is going on here?" Like, and, but it was like I was weeing, and then, but I was constantly drinking water as well, and I was like, "This isn't going away." And I thought, "Oh, like an infection." And I was like, "I don't know what's going on there." So I went down to my dad, and I was like, "Oh, dad, I'm not too sure. think I have a urine infection?" And my dad was like, oh, "I don't know. Just maybe wait until tomorrow to see how it is." And really, he should have been the one to maybe. Have gone, <laughs> oh, that's one of those instances. My mum straight away, she was like, used to a blood test," and I was like, "For what?" She goes to see if your sugar levels are right. And I was like, oh, like right, Dad pulls out the blood test thing, do a test, and it comes back as high. <laughs> Me and my dad sort of looked at each other, and we sort of laughed. We was like, nah, that's, that's not right. And then and then it was sort of, then obviously the realisation kicked in. We were like, no, this this can't be right. We were like, I'm 20 years old. No, no, no. So we done another one, it come back as high again. we was like, oh, okay, right. I think I've got it.
0: And that's the first half of our chat with Joe Wright, done and dusted. If you want to catch the full episode with Joe, make sure you head over to our Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash the diabetes football community, where if you sign up for a tier two or tier three package, you'll be supporting the community as well as gaining full access to that episode and others that we will be sharing in the future thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next one well that's it for this episode and we just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has tuned in and don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast on whichever platform you're listening to us on and whilst you're there if you could rate and review us that will help us and the show to reach more people Whilst if you'd like to get in contact with us about any ideas or thoughts for the show, send us an email about the diabetes dugout to the diabetes football community at gmail.com or head to the website www.thediabetesfootballcommunity.com for more information about our project. Thanks for joining us and tune in next time for more stories, inspiration and information about diabetes in football.